My guest today has had a very varied career. Receptionist, hairdresser, estate owner, head teacher, and actually died taking heroin. Of course, all of these are the many characters he has played over the years, I think. Cementing himself as one of the UK's finest and most popular actors. Emmerdale fans out there, of course, will know him as a shrewd, as the shrewd businessman, Declan Macy, who was described when he joined as knowing exactly what he wants and how to get it. He's prepared to be unpopular if it's good for business and the people in the village recognise his confidence. Confidence. He does have a softer side, but is not the most attentive husband in the world. Jason Merrills, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Is, uh, you know uh, what, because often I read these to the stars that I speak to on the soap and the, the beginning descriptions don't resemble anything the character became. But actually, that was Declan, wasn't it? Well, in a way, yeah, I guess so. He, Declan was all sorts of things, I think, over the few years I played him. I mean, no, I don't think anything else could have happened to him if we no. just had tried, really. <laughs> We're going to get to that. But, yeah, I like the way they put in that he's not not the most attentive of husbands. He never got a chance to be. They turned up and they were already having an affair. I know. <laughs> they and turned actually, up. we're going to get to it, but I think he, well, I think him and Katie Sugden especially had a very nice relationship for, you know, for a month yeah, or yeah. two, you know, before <laughs> yeah. things happened. Um, a couple of so things. The idea of obviously Soap for the Box, everyone knows at home, is that we talk about the soap first because it's Soap for the Box and then we'll go a bit yeah. more into other stuff you've done. Um, I mean... Yeah. I would say you play, you came in to play the part. I always remember being a director on Emmerdale. You were always worried about Home Farm. It was such a hard place to get right. And I think it always has been. Um, uh-huh. you know, did you, I mean, you probably, you know, I wasn't a fan of the show really before. But, I mean, knowing how many families came and gone, did you kind of know that? that it's, I mean, Kim, for instance, Kim Tate's back there now. The Tate's probably, probably the biggest legacy of Home Farm. It was just, for some reason, quite hard to get right. Did you feel that going in? Um, I wouldn't say that I did particularly. Um, I mean, Amanda was there, um, sort of uh, running Home Farm, and I came in um, to sort of like spar against Amanda Donahoe eventually, like put money into it and eventually take it over by offer, I think, is what happened. Um, so I kind of think she was already quite established there and it was quite successful um, as that character. Yeah, the Wilds, so I, the Wilds had done well, actually. I mean, a bit, a bit. Yeah, and I just I just kind of, I didn't really think about it in those terms. I mean, I remember I used to, I used to like, it used to be on at my nan's house after school. Uh, and I remember, you know, the home farm kind of, it would have been the Tates, would it? I yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, they were Kim Tate. The, yeah, we obviously yeah, yeah. Ellie and yeah. And there was a chap in a wheelchair, wasn't there? Um, yes. And I, I think I've said this before uh, and it's all right to say, but I think there was some at the time, as we know, some producers have disagreements with actors. And I think he got put in a wheelchair because the producer at the time didn't like him. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter, poor Peter. But yeah, I think uh, I've I've seen it on Hollyoaks. I won't say who that they got a facial disfigurement because they were unlike. So they knew they had to, the, the producer <laughs> oh, knew they had to go in for three hours extra makeup every day. <laughs> oh dear, um, I know. Well, I got out of it lucky then. <laughs> you did, yeah. And so what we're going to start with is I do this now. I think you'll be quite good at this, and actually because your stories, but it's kind of a quiz to take us through the storylines and to chat because otherwise we'd be here basically for ten hours. So first one is uh, who did Declan flirt with at a hotel on his arrival? Who then stole his car? Well, that would be the awesome Charity Dingle. Yes. And awesome is a word I would have instantly used. How amazing to go in with Emma Atkins, because she is one of the best actresses I've worked with. She's incredible, isn't she? She is. She is fantastic. And I, I had a ball working with her um, every time that we did. And I was always glad when the storyline involved her. Um, we did a fantastic sort of bubble together with uh, Duncan Foster. Yes. Um, which yeah. was... Um, you know, going away to a cabin in the woods and me trying to kill her and bury her. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of like a little mini sort of film. And uh, yeah, I loved doing that. I loved doing all that stuff with her. It there's some great. actresses, there's some, yeah, there's some actors who I was always, I love working with Emma. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of people at Emmerdale, it's not just Emma, but uh, who you never quite knew, you know, because soap, I think, can be very, how it's written, and it's no disrespect to the writers either, but it can be quite on the nose, uh, mm. You know, and and it takes a clever actor 
to bring something to it. And I think it takes a clever actor to stay in soap and create a character because of that, because you actually need to invest quite a lot of work into bringing those scripts to be make your character realistic because of what we said, you go through so much. Yeah, I remember being uh, an IT, I don't think you'll mind me saying this. Um, I remember being at an ITV party uh, when I was at Emmerdale and talking to uh, an actor I know called Joe Tatine, who's on. Um, oh, Coronation yeah, Street. lovely Joe, yeah. And um, and we have a mutual friend uh, and we were, we were talking about him and he had a show on at that time and we were both talking about it. And I was, I was just saying, I think he's really good in it. I think it's, it's surprising because it's not quite his casting bracket, but I think it really works. <laughs> he was like, he said to me, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's easy to be good when you're picked up in the morning. You know, you've got loads of rehearsal. You get this, you get that. You've got your own little trailer. It's fucking hard to be good in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. But it's and so he's fast. Right, you know, it's kind of like soap's really fast. There's none of those bells and whistles. There's none of those luxuries. There's none of those. And know, also you're working, you're working with different directors. And I would say yeah. there are some bad directors out there in soap. And some directors care more. But, you know, they've, they, some directors come in and they've suddenly got an idea where your character is supposed to be going in their block. But you've been doing yeah. Back to back yeah. block. So it's not like you've yeah. got that bubble of a team. You know, it's great when you do a big block, but still it's yeah. a constant, I mean, constant, yeah. you know, juggling, isn't it? It is. And, and and there's a thing that, you know, you don't, unless you are an actor, you don't really understand or people don't really talk about it. It's hard to sort of talk about, but it's, it's, it's having an eye on your own work. Yes, you have a director. Yes, you writers write the material. But as it builds in whatever you're doing, whether it's a series or a film, you as the actor, no one teaches you this and no one warns you of this. You have to keep an eye on your work and yeah. you have to keep an eye on its, its trajectory and the, and, the, and the notes that you hit and how hard you hit them. And, you know, you have to keep an eye on that for yourself. And, in, and of course, in soap, that's, that becomes harder because it's faster and there's more of it. Yeah, and also as you say, it's quite on the nose sometimes. It's quite throwaway stuff sometimes, and to invest that with with life and drama and color is at the same time keep an eye on where you're going and what the logic is, and what the level of volume of your performance is. It, all of those things are quite tricky. Yeah. They are, and that's why we've far, far we've definitely discovered over two seasons, three seasons now that. Uh, as I knew anyway, to work in soap, you you know, it's it's a if you're new, it's the best training you can have. But if you're an established yeah. actor, it's still a big challenge because actually to get it right yeah. uh, it is really hard. Did you actually uh, there was a guy from EastEnders that told me on season one that Neil and I quite I, I was like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. He actually kind of did watch quite a lot of EastEnders before he went in because he went. Obviously, each show that you work on has got quite a different level of acting. Like you said, you know, some EastEnders is very different to Emmerdale so it's like you yeah. you kind of don't want to stick out amongst your colleagues do you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean um there are I, I mean I I just all, all of the actors that I looked at on Emmerdale there's so many good ones on it and uh I, I um I did look at it and I did I did sort of like um I was often blown away by what I saw I mean you know there is just great actors on it I mean there there are things on it there are things about there are sort of cliches of soap. It's nothing really, not so much to do with the actor as to do with um, the way that the soap kind of rhythm moves. Yeah. Like that thing of like le- <laughs> the camera sort of staying on a, on a, on a character for the <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Oh doom, yeah. Even, oh. If, even if you're not in EastEnders, you know what I mean? Every soap has we that We all moment. do it. Yeah, we all do. We yeah. used to on Emmerdale and Corey, didn't we? Because that was the hardest thing. Well, I wasn't having that. I wasn't having that shit. I wasn't not going to have that. And, but you and have to, the thing I, is, you, yeah. you have to bloody do it on EastEnders because when you're filming it, you actually have to do, do the difference in your head because you know that looks, you know something's yeah. got to last that long. <laughs> I know, but I would get out of the scene. I would get yes. out yeah. of the scene. Yeah, yeah. I would get out of the shot because I could tell that that's what they wanted, and I would invent something to do that I didn't have to do that um, because you uh, don't. It's, well, it's not real life. I mean, it has to be. You have to find the truth somewhere. I mean, when would you stand? I remember watching a few episodes. You know, when someone would direct, you know, direct it, 
and uh, you know someone goes and talks to, you know through the window to nothing and you go when do you do that in real life <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean and I know you have to have a bit of that but um I mean the thing we're talking about Emma and Amanda Donahoe of course who played Natasha who I was kind of like quite starstruck by at first only because it, was, it wasn't rare it was quite rare that you had someone who was in liar liar coming to uh yeah. Come into the show. And I know she found it tough because, again, she got quite a lot of flack, actually, because, you know, oh, who does she think she is? Which she wasn't at all. But I think she asked for dinner in a, in a you know, in, a, in the dressing room the first day. She didn't again because they went, you don't have it. And Emma Dell was very good at put, but it wasn't her. I was always like, that's not her fault because that's what she's used to. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like she was yeah. she, she was more than mucky. But what I love about Sophie, I'm sure you agree and you got to work with a lot of them, is it's always been great for women because a lot yeah. of TV is not. And you get some really strong women characters in Soap. Absolutely, you do, yeah. yeah. Um, um, right. She was amazing, yeah. She was amazing. And what a way that? to come in. Actually, what a way to come in with Emma and, and Amanda. That's actually a rag and bone man coming down my road. Is it really? That's amazing. A rag and bone <laughs> Jason lives in the set of uh, Lark Rise of Candleford still. I do, yeah. I live in the 19th century here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, next question. Um, who, did Je- who did Jason, who did Declan employ at Home Farm as a state manager? As a state manager? Yeah. Would, An- uh, another female. Would that have been my sister? No, earlier than that. No. She's earlier a than that. comedy neighbour of mine. <laughs> Oh, of course. Nicola Wheeler. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Nicola. And again, I bring Nicola into it because, again, obviously she's an amazing actress. But again, I she think, is. and I'm sure you will agree, but tell me, I mean, for a character like Declan, he's there, you know, he's he's written in, obviously, at the beginning as this archetypal, you know, like we just said, that description, you know, you know what they want. Yeah. Um, it must be always quite nice. And that's a luxury of soap to suddenly be put with a different dynamic, you know, a comedy character really good at, that, that yeah. throws Declan off, 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 off the road. Yes, indeed. She was very funny. We had a lot of laughs in that office. A lot and, of laughs. And that's tough for you as well. So the question is really like, because of that character, how do you then find, because again, in real life, you probably wouldn't have someone like Declan be in those situations that suddenly, you know, I mean, I, I know it's heightened, but how, again, how do, you, how do you navigate your way through that? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was tough. I mean, um, Stuart, Stuart Blackburn, who when I started there um, uh, was was a story editor, um, um, and I, I think he was a story editor, and and then he became the producer. But he, he said he said to me once, "We come to dread that knock on the story door, which is which is Jason Merrill's coming to talk about a script <laughs> and, and, the, and, and the logic in the script and how he'd like to change this and change that." So I was a bit of a one for that. You were you were the um, you were the June Brown of uh, Emmerdale, and I was you know, kind of like yeah. Can but I again, I I've always this? said I love that of actors because I actually hate actors that don't do that. But I'd hate actors who would arrive in the pub and go, well, you know, they slept with my brother. Why would I be stood here? And you're like, well, why haven't you thought of this before? I mean, and you know, I yeah, love. I think absolutely, you have, you have to be in control of it or, of your own character, yeah. like you said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and and you know, people haven't got time to do it on the floor in the wall pack with six scenes you know, in one scene. Um, so you need to make those inroads earlier than that. Yeah. And I, and, but I did that. So, I, uh, and I never, I wouldn't say that it was always completely successful in terms of logic. How do you navigate that and justify yeah. where How have I slept with her, yeah. then, then slept yeah, with yeah, her yeah. mother and then killed her sister? Yeah. But we, we tried, we tried to find, we tried, we tried our best to find a, a way through and, and, and fair play to them. They were quite open to it with me, although I think they got pissed off with the amount that I wanted to talk about. But um, I think they were, you know, it was a dialogue and it, and uh, I'm grateful for that. I mean, I think underneath, and I think that dialogue, you know, making a stand, that dialogue needs to continue because it can't be ruled by the story producing stuff because it has to be that, as I always bring it back to Jean Brown, uh, because... Yeah. She knew what tea set, you know, she'd go mad if the wrong tea set was out, if so-and-so came. But that is what developed Dot Cotton as one of the biggest iconic characters of all time, because she had the yeah. dress for that. She had that for that. There was a rhythm. There was a, there was a character yeah. there and she would force that home, which I loved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I respect all that to that. But right. Um, so, oh, we also got then soon after Nicola, the family arrived. Now that was a bit of a, and I'm not disregarding the actors again. For me personally, it didn't quite work. It was a weird mixture of people. They it kind of 
it, that never really took off for me. What is it hard for you? Because you were then established. Is it hard? Were you involved in the casting of that the family coming in, or was it? Is it again no, a bit like no. oh? Um, well, um, I think we sat in on a few meetings uh, for Jamie's character. Um, what was he called? Gone out uh, that was Robbie. At first, we had didn't we? Mia arrived, and it was the wife. God, I've got her name. And yeah, yeah. The, the granddad, the dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, well, yeah. I mean, it was that was difficult because I think you know Frank. He lived in Ireland, and he kind of got there and didn't really want to be there because he wanted to go home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a long way from home, and. And it was quite difficult, you know, for uh, a guy of his age that done what he'd done. And he kind of, he sort of quite quickly didn't, didn't like it much. No. So it kind of didn't, you know, that, that, that was always going to go away. That didn't really land. Um, and then, uh, yeah. It, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to say because it's, you know, talking about relationships, you, you'd have love relationships and so it's, which again could be disastrous, but if the chemistry is right, it's amazing. But bringing in, if you bring in, you know, and I, it amuses me that they don't do it all the time. When they brought in the Bartons, they actually, you know, they, I think actually Natalie, J. Robert, all credit to them and stuff. And, and James, they went off and they, they have weekends together and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like, it's very hard to get a new family on a set and suddenly you're supposed to be, you know, this, the, the steeped in history, isn't it? It is really hard. And I, and I didn't know about that. You know, this is one of the things. And suddenly I had a wife and suddenly she was turning yes. up. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was quite, you, you have to turn on a sixpence and sort of go, oh, right. Okay. So now I've got to be that person that did that <laughs> and is now allowing that to happen. And, yeah. and so, yeah, and, and immediately she arrives, she's already having an affair, an affair with... Uh, <laughs> with adam so i mean yeah it's kind of it, it was all i before i'd even kind of learned her name <laughs> kind of, yeah. i didn't really have my, i didn't really have any say in that no um, and what's i'm just thinking what's it like for you because i think there was some you know there's been in, inexperienced actors coming to him and i used to i think it's this is why at the moment so for everyone to know how the audition process works obviously normally you come in and you then go to a screen test at the moment self-tapes have taken over the world from lockdown which i think has got so many bad things to it in the fact that you don't get people in a room you don't see how nervous they are you don't see and in screen tests yeah Yeah. and you think especially for something like emmerdale you see new people with obviously i mean i'm sure even as a well-established actor to you still walking onto a set of a program that's run for six years and suddenly your first day on set must always be quite terrifying yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, my first day on Emmerdale, we were on location, so at a hotel for the charity thing. So it was like it wasn't dissimilar to being what you've done. Any yeah, other TV drama because you know, as I said to you in the on the radio show, when you're at the village or when you're on location, things slow down to single camera pace. You know, which is more or less pretty standard across yes. the board yeah so it was it, it was more or less what i was used to but i mean i've got just i've got to mention the wonderful and and tragically not with us anymore uh gavin blythe oh um, amazing so gavin to everyone was our series producer for many years and was incredible what an incredible man yeah a, a really lovely man yeah and um and he i mean he so I, I, I'm round about answering your question. I didn't have all of that because I was invited very kindly by him to to join the show, and uh, and it and and it happened at a time when you know that I needed to do it, and but I didn't know what to do. And he rang me up, and I needed to do something rather. I didn't know what to do, and he rang me up through my agent, and he just he was just said, look, you know. I've, been a fan of yours since uh, cutting it and he said something very clever which i thought he said i used to watch cutting it and think this is like a f- this is like a soap on film yeah and yeah which was. is a very it's good exactly yeah. what it was, yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was a soap <laughs> on film with kind of film perhaps kind of photographic more photographic standards um and pace and uh, etc and sweep perhaps but it was it was pretty soapy um as most and, TV dramas uh, are now to be honest yeah, yeah. And, and and he was you know he was he talked really intelligently about that and he talked about this character that he wanted to bring in and how you know he wanted to collaborate with me on it and blah 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 so it was such a it was such a lovely way to join a soap it was it was I didn't have 
all of those worries because I was being invited to sort of yes. help create this guy, you know? Which is um, really nice because I've seen um, some great people like Vicky McClure from Line of Duty came for a screen test for Emmerdale and uh, not at all was she not good. But again, people are different for different, people are not quite yeah. right for that role or whatever. And I'm sure she's very pleased in the end she didn't get that. Um, but that's kind of a thing at the moment in acting is what is lacking that thing now it's turned into they see 250 tapes instead of 20 people in a room do you know what I mean and I hope it changes yeah. again that uh, I did, yeah I just think they're just getting away with not having to do all the legwork yes which, yeah which is, you know, which is what makes you have it... to set up all the lights all the cameras you've got to again get it off your camera onto your computer you've got to put it onto WeTransfer make sure it's got to your agent I mean, it all takes hours. And yeah. it's like all yeah. of that work is supposed to be done by the casting director. Yeah, yeah. So that you just turn up and go, hello, do you want me or do you not want me? And, and also you, you lack, from my side, you lack that feeling of it's not just acting ability. It's also what they're like as a person. Are they going to fit into the company? Yeah, 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 are, yeah, they, yeah. are they full of nerves? And you go, well, they're never going to be able to cope with the first week on Emmerdale. Do you know what I mean? If they're this, everyone's yeah. nervous. But that for me is truly lacking because that someone can bring it to life in a room you know and you and yeah. also i'm sure you get this at self-takes at home you don't get that same adrenaline and the buzz because obviously you, you can repeat it as many times as you want yeah i mean and, and i i uh, i work with an actor called jared kidd and he turned my head around it uh, around about self-takes because i was really down on and i was really ugh, i was doing pilot season every year so in pilot season i was churning these things out yeah sending them across the <laughs> the atlantic and hearing yeah. nothing again and again and again and again and again and it's so much work as i said before it took, you know there's so much work involved setting it all up different costumes learning eight pages of american yeah. dialogue all of this and then sending them off and um he just said to me we were doing this job in morocco this kind of life of jesus job and we had a lot of hanging around and he was saying you know what so you need to speak to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you need to do is is turn your head around about it and, and imagine it like you're making your own little movies here and you're selling yourself and right, you know, yeah. get into it, get a corner of your house and put the stuff up and blah de blah. And I try and do that. I do try and do that. And I do work hard at them. Do you but have someone slightly... good to read it with you as well? Because a lot of the stuff yeah, yeah. I saw you'll be concentrating on the person, the dad yeah. in the background who can't read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, well, I'm lucky with that, with Emma, my wife. She's an actor, so uh, brilliant. Oh, that's amazing. Great. But they're the only arguments we have, by the way, you know, at the moment, uh, these days. I'm sure, uh, yeah, there are loads of people who said that. <laughs> I actually did my story, which I don't think I've told on this before, is Jenna Coleman, who's obviously now huge. Uh, I did quite a few self-tapes at home. We had to do, this was the most bizarre one, and she won't mind me saying this at all. Uh, uh, it was for a Disney film, and basically she had been told if, the, by this point she, she's left Emmerdale, but not done much else. Uh, if they yeah. cast a really famous male, uh, they could go for someone like her. But if if it was a really famous female, then, you know, it wouldn't be. But anyway, it was for a Disney film, but they gave her the bed scene from Goodwill Hunting to read, which was full of swearing and stuff. And it was like, What? <laughs> But I had to read it with her and I was like going, oh, God, I'm going to have to try to do an American accent with you. because It's just it's not like for you. It's not flowing. So that's me. Yeah. Oh, God, I've still got it. So it's it's uh, <laughs> quite horrendous. But yeah, the bizarre. I'd never got my head around why for this new Aladdin film or whatever it was, they were giving her the effing blinding goodwill hunting love scene. Bizarre. That's really weird, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it was just anyway. Uh, right. So uh, we mentioned. Well, this is easy. We mentioned her. Um, who did Declan start to date, but was warned off by his daughter Ella? Uh, and you had loads. Uh, but we talked about her earlier. The, the one with the good. You had good chemistry. You two. Oh, Sammy. Sammy. Yes, lovely Sammy when we played Katie Sugden. Yeah. Which, which I remember actually them putting you two. I mean. All respect to Sammy as well, I've always said this. Sammy's character was almost the most normal character, I think, in Emmerdale, which I always felt was the hardest to play because she was yeah, basically yeah. just a normal girl. And actually, she wasn't a bitch. She wasn't a, you know, thing. Yeah. And actually, she did normal so well, which is not putting her down. It's bigging her up big style. She's great, Sammy. She's really good, yeah. And she's one of those kids that grew up in it and learned their craft really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's amazing. I would love to work with Sammy, yeah. And what's it like for you when, I'm sure, and you don't need to name names, have you had relationships in shows where the chemistry's just not been there and it's a tough thing every day? Do you know what I mean? Have you had that? I have. 
have you yeah <laughs> and you don't know I don't, i'm not looking for names but is it must be quite tough that uh yeah it is tough yeah it, it's kind of um yeah yeah i mean acting acting is a is about connecting and reacting yeah. and listening and helping each other make something work and yeah if there's a resistance to that it's quite difficult yeah. it's quite i haven't difficult. had it a lot but I've, I've experienced it certainly i've experienced it as a director and i won't say which i wear yeah i've been i've been uh, there's one situation where both people were saying can you ask if they're going to say that and i was like i can't believe this is actually happening in yeah. a line run uh like wow and it's really it's a horrible atmosphere on set when it's like that i've very been very lucky and i haven't um been in that situation yeah. very much because again it should be it's such a great job we do isn't it you want to be everyone yeah. should be having the best time ever do you know what i mean yeah absolutely i mean i mean as uh as mark ryland said to my wife when she did a play at the globe many many years ago i think she was not long out of drama school and um she was quite, she had a bit of stage fright, which she gets now and again. It's not, not, doesn't stop her working, but she gets a bit, she gets a bit of stage fright. Yeah. And not uncommon she, was about to, she was, she was about to go on. And, and I mean, I wasn't involved. She's just told me this story and she just said, uh, Mark Ryland said to her, um, well, but what are you worried in that twinkly way? You can just yeah. imagine it. But what are you worried about? I mean, we're just going, we're, we're going out to play. We're going to just go out and play. Oh, that's <laughs> it was great. kind of like he just turned it around for her and said, you know, it's about, and that's what it is. Uh, that's why we're lucky because it is about play. And I think in the best casts, you'll see, you know. If you oh, you can see. Them, I always thought you could see when, you know, I could tell almost which director had done a block uh, yeah. because of knowing the interaction. I think part of it, like part of being a director is not just the technical side. It's, it's, uh, it's having, you know, it's having fun, and but knowing what you're doing, but you want to create. It's your job. I always got told that from the very beginning to create the atmosphere yeah, on the set. Party, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is so important, and it's such a fun job. You're like you've got to have a laugh, you know. And I, mean, I always remember yeah. the, it's people like Patsy Palmer that used to amaze me because Bianca used to cry all the time, and you know she could literally go from crying of laughter to what you go action is being tear, and I'm like, how? That's a skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes I think you can wander onto a set and see everyone messing about and thinking, wow, is everyone just messing about all the time? <laughs> yeah. and in a way they are, but often that's the glue. That, that kind of becomes the glue that then the scene sort of, sort of sticks to, that kind of chemistry that you built up by messing around, making each other laugh. Yeah, yeah. And connecting. And and we all you know, know, like when we did when I did the cop death, there'll be days where none of that happens, and everyone, know, you know, it's not everyone's professional knows, and everyone knows how to, you know. And then there's amazing days like that where you could hear a pin drop. Do you know what I mean? Where you go, what yeah. a different day to yesterday when we're all, but um, but so that's kind of the we'll get to the end of Emmerdale. I mean, again, like we said, I read this. I've been so much happened to you. you. Got charged for murder because the bones were found at the music festival, and you paid someone <laughs> to carry the music festival on. <laughs> Amount of death. What I love actually, I, I stood must... on stage with the proclaimers and Sammy. <laughs> with the proclaimers there. Yes. That's amazing. That's... And also, we must mention because your wedding to Sammy was the live episode, was it? Was it your wedding to her? Was it? Yeah, I guess it was. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So to be, I mean, I've talked about the live episode quite a lot. So we won't talk about it that much. But I mean, again, for you. That was a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing because. I mean, I think poor Joe Joyner will never, and especially because I mentioned it so many times on this show, uh, you know, unfortunately she called Adam Woodger Adam instead of Ian, which goes down in history. And unfortunately, because again, it's not like, I mean, it's, it's not like theatre, is it? It's like there's so much more that could go wrong that's out of your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know also most that the there's rehearsal millions with, of people watching. Yeah, most of the rehearsal with, with the camera moves and the you know, and, and the different queuing points. Um, that, that was the hardest thing about it, really, for everyone, including the actors. Um, but it was a buzz to do. I, I really enjoyed it. We all did. Everyone everyone was really buzzing. It was. Um, uh, it was incredible. What an incredible atmosphere. And, like again, all credit to the soap teams, because to pull off a live... I mean, Emmerdale, obviously, you've got the village, what, 45 minutes away from the interiors. Hmm. Um, EastEnders... Yeah, they were just, I remember the EastEnders one, uh, well, Lacey Turner lost her voice uh, just before, actually on the day, and the Spanish runner stood in for her, and I remember he went to kiss uh, Charlie, who played Bradley, <laughs> and he was like, we don't need mm. to go that far, 
to the Spanish runner. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, she was in bits and it was like, she was the murderer of, out of uh, the guy anyway, but it was like, oh my God. But the buzz of that, what an amazing experience to be able to do a show like a theatre show live to millions, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, and so obviously that you went through so much, decide, you obviously decided to leave. I mean, again, did you just think the the road had, you know, had come to it? You couldn't do much more with Declan or was it a personal choice? Do you know what I mean? It, was it just, uh, I've done no, it. it. All, there's all sorts of reasons. I mean, so many. But I mean, I never intended to stay. And and, and I, I was always clear about that when I joined. And is that OK? I was always saying, are you OK with this? I don't want... Yeah. And, and I've got nothing against... I don't want uh, to die here. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but I completely understand the decision that other actors might make in, in so, when they yeah. stay. Yeah. Uh, but they would say themselves, I'm sure, and I've heard them say, that they made that decision and they realise it probably means they probably won't do much other <laughs> stuff, you know. Um, but that's, that's the decision that they've made and I totally get it um, and that's fine. But it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do was to no. stay. No. Um, because I want... I mean, and and I guess at root, that's my only beef with soap in general, and and not in particular Emmerdale. All of it is that I like a story. A story has a beginning and a middle and an end, and what you're asked to do on a soap is endless, yes, and yeah. formless, yeah. And yeah. and I can, I found that a little bit frustrating after a few years because it was like, I don't. What's this for? Where's it going? What are we saying? What am I doing? And who am I? Who is he? Like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. kind of lost, lost thread of, of, of what it was all about, really. But um, I, I really is... want to, in, in another situation, you're asked as an actor to come and tell a story. Yeah. And you're given, uh, you're given the ABC of it. And they look at you and they say, we, we want you to play this ABC because we think that you can tell this story. And I'm, com- I'm, more, I'm, I'm just more comfortable with that. I, and and I... that's... And more ambitious to do more stories of that, and yeah. Stories. And I do so, kind of think soap has lost its way there slightly because I think that's why it there isn't the but because of the way like the Pat uh, Pam and Clemmy played Pat and the you know they it was very much that they suddenly wouldn't throw in the sister that they never knew and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I do yeah. think that's where soap changed for the worst because you'll never. I still don't think. Those iconic characters from every soap. I mean, you've still got Kane, you've still got Charity and stuff. There's not many new, and this is no disrespect to the actors or the, I mean, it, it and the shows, but it is a bit of a disrespect to how the shows work now. But they're never going to get these characters again unless you do. You can't just keep throwing them. You know, you can't suddenly make someone a serial killer or do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it. There's a kind of there's a thing, and it's nothing to do with anyone that I work with or even the producers because it's above that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. above them. Uh, but there's a kind of greed about doing six episodes a week. Yes. No, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't like. And it's kind of, I, I, I felt. You're totally right. It goes three, way above. Yeah. If we did three, how much better would they be? Yeah. With yeah. the money and the time and the expertise invested in those six, spread across six, if we put them into three, um, which it, I think it used to be. Didn't it? it used to be two and yeah, like, two. And also, I think yeah. you're, I'm sure you'll agree, TV has changed so much now that I believe, you know, that soap shouldn't do stunts anymore because they just will never look like what we're used to seeing now or daily mm. on big shows. Yeah. And actually, the yeah. thing that soap has is characters that they can sit around a table and talk about if they're good characters, which they used to be, and there's still a lot that are, but they should yeah. be able to sit around the table and talk about nothing with a good script, and it would be yeah. the most entertaining yeah. thing in the world. Absolutely. And, and I think you find that when you look at those kind of the, those big numbers that they do to advertise a big story and they'll shoot them on 35 mil. Yes. And you'll suddenly see this advert come on for something either in EastEnders or Corey or whatever. Yeah. And it's shot on film and it looks really, really sexy and it looks like a film trailer. And then the stunt what comes what's on. What's actually advertising <laughs> is then really HD, you know, normal soap view. Stuff. And again, and it kind a- of undercuts it, it kind of yeah. undercuts it a little bit. It does. It's a hard situation. It, it, we talk about it lots now on the podcast because where's soap going? Do you know what I mean? Because where people that don't tune in at 7.30, people don't pick up their radio times and circle it anymore. You know, it's a very different mm. generation. I've, I don't think I've watched. I love the line of duty last year. Still only mm. didn't binge and it was one episode a week. I love that idea that the nation are watching television together. Um, yeah. yeah. don't yeah. have that anymore. 
Um, but right, well, let's move off Emmerdale, as lovely as Emmerdale is. We'll go through a few of your, you've done so much. We've talked on the radio about Casualty, which we know was your first big TV break. Uh, yeah. I mean, we must mention, I mean, we must mention Queer as Folk again. We talked about the radio, we'll mention yeah. it here if people haven't, because it was, I mean, just the most, one of the most, and it's a sin recently has done the same kind of thing, but, but not quite as much as Queer as Folk, because it was so groundbreaking. It was unbelievable, you know, and it was seeing yeah. someone being, yeah, there was a lot of sexual practice that no one had even probably knew existed. Um, and it was a very truthful, honest look at, I suppose, gay life, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It must be it so was, exciting um, for you to get that. You know, must as it, like you were saying, wanting a story and wanting, it must be so exciting when something jumps off the page and you're like, wow. Yeah, I mean, you could just see it was it was it was so well written. It was I'd not seen anything like I'd not seen a script like that, a TV script like that. Um, and the team were really sort of young and exciting. And um, we, we, I already knew Craig, who was a good mate of mine. We were actually lived in a bachelor pad. Like, oh right, okay. Before we uh, before we did that show, maybe we were still living there. I can't remember in Muswell Hill. Um, so he was a really good mate of mine, and um, yeah, it, it was it was a blast. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. I mean, there were so many funny moments on it. I remember we were in um, we were in a club on Canal Street. I think it's Cruise Cruise One Hundred and One, or used to be. I don't know if it's still called that. And um, we're filming a filming this scene in a gay club, um, but for <laughs> for some reason, um, the extras that they'd booked that day to fill it up weren't necessarily gay club um, frequenters. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't necessarily gay and they weren't necessarily people that had been to a gay club. And they <laughs> right, okay. People, they weren't necessarily people that danced like they were right, in a gay yeah, club. Yeah. So they would there was a lot of dancing like blokes dance, you know, when you know, dance like, at weddings. Fine. And and yeah. for everyone out there dancing so hard because you never have the music to dance to when you feel yeah. tell either. Yeah. <laughs> And so one of the, one of my favourite memories is the makeup guy who was gay um, going around and giving all of these extras gay dancing lessons, which, <laughs> is, which basically involved do, don't doesn't matter what you're doing up there, but just shake your tush a little bit more, <laughs> and uh, you'll be fine. And <laughs> that's a secret for everyone listening because um, we try to be behind <laughs> the scenes. That actually, uh, yeah. So how we film, obviously, is that you can't have music on because over dialogue you're going to cut, so you can't have music jumping. So they'll give you a burst of music. So when you're watching yeah. telly and they're in a club, a no one's ever speaking loud enough, um, and it feels weird because you're shouting. But b watch everyone in the background because they have a burst, but then they lose track of it, and everyone's basically <laughs> dancing to a different song in the background. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure really now there's mental. a way of doing it. They could do it like silent disco type, actually. Everyone could just put headphones in. Because I do hate club yeah. scenes that look ridiculously bad. Um, uh, but, but poor, you know, poor extras or supporting actors that they have to do that. And, yeah. I mean, it must have been amazing. It didn't come back, um, obviously, because it was a one-off series. But, I mean, you knew it was a great script. Was I, Well, actually, no, because I'm saying that now. It was a culture. No, they did actually, come back. The reaction... Go on, sorry, I was going to... Oh, did it come? But the reaction at the time was quite bad, wasn't it? I remember because I think the sponsors pulled out at first, didn't they? Do you know what? I don't remember that. I mean, I think there was controversy, certainly, yeah, because it was it was full on. Um, and I think it was, like, I think it was Carlsberg, or possibly, but I, I'm sure when I spoke to someone, I spoke to someone else who was in it. I, th- I didn't know it was Denise Black because she was in it, wasn't she? And um, yeah, I think she said it was one of those. Basically, it was her that she said on this podcast that she said. We all knew it was brilliant, but it was a slow burner, actually. Like, it had its cult audience, but it, over the years, it kind of got more and more popular. Yeah, oh, okay. I, 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 I didn't know. I, I'm not sure. My memory of it was that it, it, was a, it was a pretty sort of culty but strong hit right from the start. But maybe, you know, I'm just sugarcoating it. I do remember, you know, I mean, Charlie, after we'd finished it, I remember that, so by that point, it was obviously huge. Yeah, Charlie went over to uh, Charlie went over to New York. I think maybe it was the beginning of his, you know, American journey. I think it might have been even, you know, going over for his first American job. I don't know. I can't remember now. But he said he was in a club in New York, and Mad- <laughs> and Madonna was a massive fan. Of wow! Because it was all being passed around on VHS tape. Right. Um, You know, and it was like part of the subculture. And Madonna was at a club with him and 
And, and he was talking to her about this. And then a journalist, and he was so green, poor Charlie, journalist interviewed and said, oh, you've just been talking to Madonna. So do you like her? Do you like her? Do you like Madonna? And, and he was going, are you mad? She's old enough to be my mother. <laughs> and that was like, and that was the front page of like whatever their tabloid is in New York. I can't remember the name of it. Whatever their like kind of equivalent of the sun is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the front page. And he was, he was... <laughs> I don't know. He was a bit mortified, I think. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Those shows, you go, well, as an actor, you don't, it, you know, because you took, I suppose it was moving to cutting it because that's where probably you catapulted to rec- really recognisable fame in the UK, wasn't it? Because that was such a huge hit. It was kind of like, I knew yeah. you, were, you were you were working and stuff and you were known to people. That kind of was one of those shows that, I, to be honest, I'll hands down, I never watched it, but I still know everything about it because it was yeah. one of those shows that like, just everyone knew. Yeah, yeah, it was. And again, you know, I've been I've been really lucky with with the with these kind of maverick, strong writers, British writers. That I mean, we sort of called it golden age of yeah. TV back then. You know, late nineties, um, noughties, and there was a lot being made, and most of it was being made in Manchester or the north. Yeah, true. Um, not London, not so London centric uh, as it has come to be again since. Um, and it, it was it was a fantastic, fantastically creative time. And Debbie Horsfield again, uh, another another really strong writer, knew her vision, knew what she was doing from top to bottom, knew every aspect of her character. Gave me the job. She told me afterwards, after I had the job, she told me that what swung it for her and for them was that I didn't like, uh, basically, um, I play Gavin, who's a hairdresser, and my the love of my life um, sort of strays uh, during the, the series and uh, her her old flame. A regular occurrence in your career, Jason, I have to say. <laughs> <the characters. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, ben, played by Dan- Ben Daniels. And uh, I, I just, I was like, I don't think... I think he'd know. I think he'd know. He's like, they're supposed to be in love and he's meant to be bright and they're meant to be, you know, they're meant to be canny, canny pair. They're not, it's not like they're dried up and there's nothing left between them. They're meant to be, this is meant to be something. I said, I think he'd know. And she said, he does know. And she changed her mind and rewrote. Oh, wow. Okay, brilliant. And she liked that. I mean, I don't know whether, actually, maybe I'm over-egging it. I don't know if she actually hadn't had that idea. But she hadn't heard, she hadn't heard that from anyone else, and and, and thought that was the strongest aspect to Gavin. Which goes back she, to our earlier thing, which is so important for actors to be so like to be so vocal like that because it is. It's yeah. so uh, and for not, for me not watching it right because again we said I've said before Happy Valley when I saw the advert, the very deceiving the advert in a clever way, and I thought oh it's another heartbeat kind of thing, and then obviously first episode you're like, shell shot with mouth open again. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah. not knowing cutting it, what was the success? Because for me, right, it was about a group of hairdressers. What was it again? Just brilliant scripts. Was it what? Why do you think it catapulted to like what it did? I think it was. I mean, I think Gavin um, was right, and in the sense that you know it had that hooky, soapy. Everyone's Ew, yeah, jumping in yeah. Out, everyone's jumping in and out of bed with each other. But it was also um, it was also really beautifully shot and put together and designed. And the, again, the music, I mean, that that guitar riff for Queer as Foe and, uh, and the music for Cutting It, they played a part in why everyone watched it. Yeah, you know, very because true. It was, it was a kind of like, it was a, it was a lo- little rock and roll part of the evening. It was when something came comes on like that. You think, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, this is cool, this. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. had that little, it had something about it like that. And um, yeah, it looked great. I mean, I, you know, the directors that worked on it, a few of them are doing movies and and you could see that then. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I did. So, I, it's one of those ones that now would be, it's kind of, again, was quite forefront of its time, wasn't it? Because you yeah. like it was, there were, we have to remember, there weren't these Netflix dramas and stuff at the time. So actually at the time, there was the yeah. heartbeats and there was where the heart is. You know, it was all very, quite yeah. samey. Do you know what I mean? And we were part of the regeneration. Again, I mean, a, a Queerest Folk was a kind of catalyst for Canal Street. You know, yeah. kind of took it to another level. And and I think uh, cutting it was a part of the regeneration of the Northern Quarter. The Northern Quarter... I thought you were going to say of hairdressers then. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's I thought a you were going to go. I, I was weird. thinking, oh, is that why Rachel had her hair cut in Friends because of cutting it? It just it redefined hairdressers, but no, it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the Northern Quarter in Manchester was just a lot of it was derelict, but these big old kind of buildings that look quite New Yorky. So it was it was brilliantly cinematic. All of the streets around the salon, and uh, they actually use it for New for New York quite a lot. I think they filmed quite a bit of Alfie there, the remake of Alfie. Oh right, okay, yeah, New yeah. York. They did. Um, uh, it's the things I was shocked that New York. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh, whoever told me that Nathan Sussex? Because I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that wasn't New York. Yeah, they use that Northern yeah. Quarter a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah, but we were there right at the beginning of that, and that was exciting. And and you could tell, I mean, you could tell that, it, you know, the facade of that first salon for that first series, um, I don't know what it is now, it's some kind of restaurant, I think, now, but it, it, it's a beautiful old kind of art deco-y sort of stucco bits outside and massive windows, and then you walk out onto the street, and it looks like you're walking out into Greenwich Village or something. So it was, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, 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 was, it was very cinematic. It looked good. I think that was a lot to do with its success as well as being so well written, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll go then to the regular, you've also done Death in Paradise, which you said best show ever, Walsley Rose. Uh, at the moment, we've got Agatha Raisin coming back, which again has been a hugely, I mean, Ashley, I'm a huge fan of one of the extras, obviously just incredible. Uh, yeah. And then she's kind of done this amazing character, Agatha Raisin. I know she's really involved in the show, isn't she? And I think we've said yeah, before, yeah. for me, I love it. I love it. It's kind of, it's a bizarre show. Like, I, I love it because I'm still quite freaked out by it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure why I love it, but I love it. Because it's, if you put it on paper, I wouldn't watch Like, again, I'll, I'll go, oh, I'm not sure about that. But it's something about yeah. it. It's just, I think because of, we've got the Midsummer Nightmare, we've got the Midsummer Murders and the Death in Paradise. And this is, and you know, the Touch of Frost. We're all used to that. This throws everything kind of up in the air, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And um, it's, it's a comedy i guess it's a we think of it as a comedy i think most of us that work on it because um we're all mostly taking the piss and laughing a lot anyway yeah. so yeah. that helps yeah um and it is kind of silly um what are we all doing and why are we all doing it you know it's it's a bit silly um but once you suspend that and you're in the Cotswolds and you're enjoying yourself then you get carried along with it and i think the best episodes of it are the ones that allow that to happen effortlessly yeah. as possible you know and well, allow you because, to laugh along the way yeah because we said like you know midsummer murders death in paradise i mean you would know you know it's a tiny island death in paradise there was a murder every week i mean it's fucking it's oh sorry it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> and so it takes that on board really do you know what i mean which yeah. is great because it it's yeah. i know we love death in paradise and stuff, and you have to obviously suspend belief in that yeah. uh because otherwise they wouldn't be made but still it's kind of taking the mickey out of what is this genre that's amazing I do remember I did Midsummer Murders just before, in between doing a couple of series of Agatha Raisin. And uh, I love Neil Dudgeon. I think he's great. And uh, I was talking to him about it and I was saying, I was, trying, I was winding him up really. I was, it's quite a, lot of, quite a lot of murders for a village, isn't there? It's <laughs> quite a lot, quite a lot of death going on. He said, it's not a village. <laughs> it's, it's a county. Really defensive now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so say, you could tell you could tell he just had to say it about 28 times, times a, a week, day you know, like. yeah <laughs> i have to mention recently on emmerdale for the soap fans well what i loved because they've had mina the serial killer and i love emmerdale for this, this because yeah i mean she's obviously killed a lot of people one of them in, ran out into the village but ran to the bridge not into main street one of them was in the hills didn't take the hills off uh one of them ran into a maze and they actually referenced it when she got caught she said oh my god i've been thinking how stupid my victims are you know why did she run to the bridge and you know, there was thingy who ran in hills. She died for she died for fashion, and then I, and I was like, I love that they did that because actually, yeah, you know, just to pick up on it because you, as a viewer, you are shouting sometimes. Um, so Agatha Raisin's back, brilliant, and I mean, working with I'm, I'm only picking Ashley out because she's. I mean, there must be some people you just know that she does so much work for that. Do you know what I mean? Watching it, yeah, yeah, she does, um, and. She, I think, you know, I, I said to you on the radio show, and I think we all feel the same at the work on it, that it's a very, because she wasn't, she's not the Agatha that's in the book. No. By quite a way. Um, although um, MC Beaton was re really happy uh, when, when Ashley wanted to do it and was very, very happy uh, with what Ashley ended up doing with it. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, 
the actual written Agatha is quite a different kind of character, uh, physically and, and in other ways too. Um, but, you know, Ashley used what she could bring to it, and she brings uh, fantastic comic energy as well as quite a lot of glamour. Yes. And, uh, and it's, that you know, that they don't often go so well together in, in a lot of actors, and that's quite a unique thing, I think. It is, but yeah, yeah. So she's... She she's very funny. She's just she's just got funny bones, and uh, and I do really feel helped. that people, everyone that's worked with Ricky Gervais, somehow has had a, something that's rubbed off on them. Do you know what I mean? Especially all the females. Yeah. There's there's something working with something like Ricky Gervais. I think that style of program he did and the style of characters he creates. You know, you can almost see the legacy of him. I think through people that have worked with him, which is all credit mm-hmm. to him as well. Um, and then obviously the news. Now you might be listening to this in December 2029 if we're all still here. So uh, this won't be no new news. But for people that are listening as this series is coming out, which loads of you are, Happy Valley's back this year. Very exciting. Uh, one of the best dramas yeah. on TV. Sarah Lancashire's back. James Norton's back. The show's back. And you're in it, which is amazing. Yes, I, I am, and I'm very, very happy about that. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I must. I'm just. It's one of those. It's again, you know, when you go. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I'm a massive fan of French Saunders, and actually, they were lovely. But when I worked with them, I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't met them <laughs> because <laughs> it kind of ruined the illusion. So I'm kind of like, yeah. there's some shows you go, oh, I would never want to work on Happy Valley because I want it to suspend in belief. Like we said, when you're laughing between takes, I never want to think that's happening on a show like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. it must, it's going to be a, you haven't started filming yet. When do you, you start filming soon? Um, I start so, next week, actually. Yeah. Oh, do you? Brilliant. And yeah. I mean, is, is it all I would say about that? Because we can't give anything away. Is, is, do you feel that pressure when you're going into something? I mean, you've been in show, you, I know you've done shows and cutting it, for instance, maybe you didn't know was going to be that big, but Happy Valley, we know with Line of Duty and kind of like Killing Eve, it's that level of people expect this to be brilliant yeah. do you know what I mean is yeah. that kind of on your shoulders a little bit yeah it is it is and it's um uh yeah a little bit uh, but I think um every job in a way is kind of like climbing into this big new rubber suit yeah and and you've got to kind of like make it fit to you and then go on camera as if you're not wearing a big rubber suit yes yeah <laughs> make it look really like you're really at ease and you know exactly what you're wearing and it's fine um, where it feels like you're in a banana suit. So uh, that's kind of the feeling approaching any new job, I find. Um, and you know Sarah, don't you? You know Sarah get... Lancashire. Yeah, yeah. So and they Chibon. were all, uh, And you know and um, Sarah, I mean, both of them are fantastic. Incredible. And, yeah, incredible. And do such brilliant work. But Sarah was already, if in a sense, up there when we did uh, Clocking Off. Cause she of course, just, yeah, yeah. She'd left... She'd left Corey, I think, with quite with a with a really strong deal of doing lots of different dramas. I think she was one of the last people off. to do that golden. I think yeah, she was one, yeah, the yeah. last person to have the golden handcuffs still, yeah. Yeah. but that was the beginning of it. And and she and clocking off was part of that. And so, you know, she had a wonderful part in that. And so did Shiv, but it was more supporting. And what's been lovely is to see, you know, an actress like Shiv really shine and, and come into her own and sort of lead stuff. Because I'm so with amazing. you there. I'm so with you there. She's yeah. always been the second, you know, and seeing her in yeah. that recent thing. Yeah, she's um very, very just, I love watching people. She's very clever how she plays everything. I love it. Yeah, yeah so I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, I don't think I actually work with them on this episode. They're coming up, um, but I hope to uh, in subsequent ones. But um, yeah. And I'm just wondering, you don't, you obviously can't say, I'm just wondering because of your, you know, the, the history of the characters you play, whether whoever you're with is going to have an affair in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, why I'm going to be yeah. glued to listen to what. I just, I'm looking forward to the relief of not worrying about that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Jason, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. I mean, I love working with you. It's lovely to be in touch and... It's yeah, nice reliving it's stuff, actually. It's always yeah, nice yeah. and to talk TV. So um, thank you. And uh, yeah, good luck. And hopefully we'll work together one day soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look forward to it. Take thank care, you. mate. Me and Jason recorded that chat quite a while ago. So I've caught up with him again to talk everything, what he's been doing since. First of all, happy valley. Mr. Jason Merrills is back. Hello, Jason. Hi. 
So, I mean, we talked about you about to do Happy Valley uh, in what people yeah. have just heard, and now you've actually done it. How was it? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was It was great. It was an interesting uh, experience. I was playing a, a quite a particular character in it, who uh, a specialist police officer who, who specialises in kind of quite important interviews. Right. Uh, which is something I learned, that a lot of police work has been very highly trained and compartmentalized and and if you're on an investigation the person that's doing the interview often isn't the one that's on the street doing in the investigating it's someone specializing in interview psychology and interview technique so uh i was playing one of those guys um so uh yeah it's I'm and how is that because i suppose people that, that like the in fact you say that specialized it's a specialized job that pre- people probably train years to do and then suddenly you're portraying one of yeah. those people. I mean, the responsibility, I suppose, is quite heavy to get it right. It was. Um, but Sally Wainwright um, prides herself quite rightly and quite spectacularly, I think, on being able to make a great story with all the essentials of the police work that she's, you know, working in the field of, being absolutely true and as grounded and as sort of, um, you know, as actually what happens in an investigation. And and I think we had police advisors on set all the time and Sally herself has done so much research that I think um, we were pretty accurate with what happens, you know. And, I mean, you're saying, well, Sally Wainwright obviously writes a series. I mean, I know just from working on Emmerdale and stuff, we don't have much to do with the writers. Is it very different on something like Happy Valley? Was Sally there a lot of the time? Yeah, well, she's where she wears a lot of hats. So yeah, she was there a lot of the time, and sometimes I think on a couple of uh, days that I was working, um, there was some crossover with directors that didn't, or some uh, there were two two units that had to shoot. So she was actually directing one of the units. Wow, well. brilliant, amazing! She did that quite a lot, uh, and she's producing it as well. So I mean, I think. Um, that must yeah, be quite she, nice as an actor to have that. You know, it must be quite nice for you to be able to have someone there that's basically the see it running the series do you know what i mean so yeah yeah there's a lot yeah, yeah there's a lot of help watching um yeah it's a very particular it was a very particular part to play but i enjoyed yeah. it um yeah i was into uh, you know my first day was interviewing um uh james norton playing tommy lee royce who's amazing so and that was a, it was a great scene um so yeah i really enjoyed it but he, he's not in it a lot my character he, he dips in and out um, doing those, those kind of interviews, but it was really, really great to be a part. I think of. I think Line of Duty kind of set this bar, didn't it, for police interviews? I mean, that, like the yeah. big interviews we got used to watching fifteen minutes of one scene, which I think beforehand would be a kind of unheard of. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. Yeah, changed yeah. the way now we watch telly as well, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want the realness. I was going to ask you what it was like being back in the Yorkshire countryside, but I'm guessing because you're a specialist trained police officer, that you weren't, you didn't see any Yorkshire countryside. Well, I was staying there, but uh, yeah. no, not much, not much. It was a, uh, yeah, we were based in Halifax, and which is actually, even though I worked so much in the north, it's not a town I knew. No, I um, don't know Halifax, actually, because it's it set was, in Hebden Bridge, isn't it, which is right near yeah. Halifax, yeah. Yeah, but it is quite beautiful around there, yeah, but I didn't see that much of it, to be honest. <laughs> no, you were just there. And, I mean, it, you said James Norton's back, obviously, just to promote the show's uh, Sarah Lancashire's back. Uh, it's yeah. what you must know from the acting game. It's quite hard to get everyone. It, it's probably taken quite a while as well, because it's hard to get everyone together, isn't it, when people become so prolific from a show? Yes, yeah. I mean, I don't really oh, I don't really know. I mean, I think those key, those key three, because they're so connected. I mean, they're connected by blood and... Uh, his son is her grandson. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, those three, Shiv um, and Sarah and James, it would have to be something that they wanted to do and Sally wanted to do. And I don't know how that happened how that or whether they're no, talking yeah, about yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, well, I think God. everyone else, everyone else was is can either be in it or not in it. But I mean, I think those <laughs> yeah, three yeah. Have been, Success essential, you know. Yeah, you can't do like a you know, home and away and replace James Norton with someone else and just call him the same character, wouldn't work. Yeah, uh, no. final question How was the catering? Nice catering, always vital. Very nice, very, very nice. nice. There Proper we go. Coffee Great. machines, please. Yes, <laughs> there were coffee machines. Proper coffee machines. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, What's your wardrobe like as well? But I'm guessing just a nice suit. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, bog standard. Um, yeah, bog police standard police suits. Yeah, right. So, yeah. what else you've been up to? You are until the uh, till until the about when is it? When do you finish your run of the play? And I'll say what it is. Um, the run of the play the, uh, the, continues at the Mini A Chocolate Factory in London until the seventh of January. Seventh of January, and since we're in yeah. December, that gives you loads of time to it. And it's called the Sex Party. It's called I mean, the Sex Party. Yes. <laughs> yes, lots of naked people on the posters. Give me a premise of it. I mean, what what can people expect? It's, it's about a a swingers party in Islington. Right. These are people that are members of a kind of online swinging club, and they host a party. Um, but it's quite a particular evening when the host of the party's uh, old flame has finally come to one of these parties, who he's he's kind of in love with. Um, his girlfriend um, is sensing that. So there's a lot of tensions that happen in that evening. He's also invited another woman and she kind of enters the party and sort of sets a bomb off, really. <laughs> right, um, okay. She sure. sounds brilliant. Not metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, play, are you hosting the party? Or oh, not you, the I'm, character? I play the host of the party, yeah. I mean, it's it's all very... It's a sex comedy. It's a, it's a really good comedy of modern manners. And it deals with some quite controversial uh, current issues right, about, okay. around sex, identity, um, and gender. And I think it, it, you know, it's pretty brave to put those on stage. Um, it's not going to appeal to everyone, but it is. I tell you, it's funny. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very big alternative to Panto, uh, Panto season, isn't it? Basically, yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's just. I would say it was just short of a farce. It's not quite. It kind of Abigail. It sounds a bit Abigail's pretty... party for a new age generation, and another specialized, yeah. another specialized character. You're going from you're going very very intricate uh, parts of society in what you're playing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, well, head down to the many a. I've never been there. What? Where? Is it a lovely? Thing? Oh, it's lovely. I mean, it's a. It's an off. I mean, it's you know, it's essentially a fringe venue. But yeah, it's an off West End venue, but it's on the South Bank near Oh, Burma, gorgeous! Which is a lovely part of town. Yeah. And uh, it has such a high pedigree. It punches so high above its weight. I mean, a lot of its shows, I mean, 90%, I think, something ridiculous like that, transfer to the West End. Wow, and okay. So, I mean, it's it's done, it really punches above its weight, and it has a great reputation. I love I going to the off-West End theatres as well. So that's a many chocolate factory until January. And then we need to talk about... One of my favourite shows ever. I mean, I've watched from series one. Uh, Portrait Artist of the Year has got a Christmas special. We think it's yeah. on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I think so. That's what they told me. But schedules That's... often change. Yeah. And uh, it's a celebrity special, uh, yearly tradition now, uh, as much as the Queen's speech was, the King's speech this year. Um, so how was it? So you are a pa- you love a paint. You love to paint, don't you, Jason? You do loads of painting. I do, yeah. And um, I went to art school and it's always something I've continued. And as I've got older, to be honest, um, the gaps between working as an actor and painting, um, sometimes I don't know which one is really me more. But um, certainly this summer and autumn, I was doing a lot. And then I was invited to do that. which I participated in. And if and if people haven't seen it, basically, uh, I mean, how the normal series works, there's heats and you have celebrity sitters, this time celebrity mm. artists, but a sitter, and you have four hours to do mm. a portrait. I mean, I cannot believe it's only four hours because it's, I mean, how did you, yeah. so I'm, I'm guessing how long does it normally take you at home to do one of your paintings from start to finish? Well, I mean, a kind of proper formal portrait, more than four hours, yeah. Yeah. Lots so did sitters. you feel the power was the pressure on the day and knowing people are watching you as well? Because paint, painting is normally quite an intimate thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, certainly the last the last hour, half hour was was quite pressured. I didn't I sort of got into it in the first two, two and a bit. I, I kind of forgot everyone was there. I managed to do that, which was quite wow. I was surprised that um, I enjoyed it. Actually, it was intense, um, but it was a really great day. The people that work on it. Um, um, Katie Bryan um, and um, uh, Stephen Mangan. Uh, um, they're all brilliant, uh, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, Joan Bakewell, who, yeah, Joan Bakewell, oh, yeah, legend. Yeah. yeah, what an absolute legend. I'm just looking how old she is actually because I was having this argument with my, she's um, wonderful, yeah, 
She's absolutely mad. I mean, I remember from French and Scorn. Yeah, she's 89 years old, Jane Bakewell, who yeah, presents it. Yeah, she's yeah. fabulous, isn't she? Um, she is, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. And they were really kind to me. And, you know, because I had, um, they, they, they were, were also really running the main competition at the time. And they quite liked my work and they wanted to put me into the main competition. Oh, wow. One, but. Um, they weren't able to because the timings didn't work and oh, what a shame. they'd already done a certain amount of heats. But they've asked me to join the main competition next year. So not oh, just brilliant. One. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I do that. And what other celebrities running with you? Can you reveal anything? Who else was doing it? Uh, an actor called uh, Tom Stoughton. Yeah. Who's uh, a brilliant actor from Horrible Histories? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, Netflix, I know you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's just released his own movie this year, which I can't remember the name of, and I haven't seen yet. But the trailers look amazing and looks really funny. Um, yes, uh, and loads of other people, loads of other Ronnie, people. Ronnie Ancona. Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie Ancona, amazing. Yeah, Paris. Um, and a lady whose name's gone out of my head is children. And obviously, we can't say whether you won or not because you'll need to watch the Sean Christmas. Yeah, and if people want to watch. follow your paintings or even buy a painting, how do people go about it? Well, I'm a, I'm working on launching my website at the moment, which isn't quite up and running yet because it's fine. Okay, we'd love to come network. back again and we'll talk about. So it will, it will be jasonmerrills.com. It will be easy to find, but it's not quite launched yet. <laughs> right. Okay. So jasonmerrills.com. Keep an eye out for that. Go and see you in the sex party. Happy Valley coming up. We think in January, which is very exciting. Yeah. I think that's going to be another line of duty. I think we're going to see pretty high viewing figures aren't we i think we're going to see record set probably because it's the last installment as well isn't it definitely the last yeah, installment yeah. Yeah. yeah um and again i won't ask anything about what's going to happen because we know you won't be able to say but as normal a pleasure to talk to you jason thank you you too